Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here as always, once again, with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, it's so good to see you. It's nice that you're feeling better. I'm back. And Mercury is still in retrograde. Let's make that very, very, very clear. Well, that's why you were so indisposed because Mercury is in retrograde. See, you know, you know what it was is that I was just so busy celebrating the wonderful planet known as Mercury being in retrograde that I just happened to get sick from it. So it, I needed a couple days just to recover, but I'm back. Great job, Adam and Jake holding down the fort while I was uh, celebrating Mercury being in retrograde from my bed with a uh, nice little fever. But um, let's go with that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with that. Yeah. Mercury has brought me back from the grave. It's a wonderful planet. Mercury has done it again. And now we're here to provide some wonderful content for week seven. Yep. That's right. It's kind of it's kind of crazy if you think about it. Next week. Is halfway. Yeah, I'm kind of nuts. Pretty surprised. That's nuts. It still feels like like week four, honestly. Yeah, and then like in three weeks' time, we're talking about getting ready for a stretch run. Try oh, and get man. into playoffs. Like, oh my god. Yep. Six weeks is playoffs. Unbelievable. Jesus. I'm not ready. Yeah, well. Anyway, there was actually some big news that um, happened over the break between the show with that I did with Jake and now um, a lot of it involved the Ravens actually. So the Baltimore Ravens traded for Yannick and Gakwe, which is a huge, huge move reuniting Yannick and Gakwe with Kalias Campbell once again on that defensive front. I mean, the Ravens defense is has really solidified themselves now as like one of the best defenses in football, if not the best defense in football with this move. Still has myself to say about that. Yeah. It's going to be a good game when they play each other. I still think, I still think the Steelers defense is better, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is going to come in and really help the defense. No doubt about it. I mean, you look at the pieces that they have. You mentioned uh, Calais Campbell already, Matthew Judon still there at secondary really has, it really hasn't missed a beat without Earl Thomas there. I mean, this is a defense that really you can expect. Again, you continue plugging and playing them in your lineup every week. They're going to produce. And then for the Ravens, they're probably going to carry the Ravens as far as they can go. Cause we've seen Lamar Jackson this season. He's not necessarily been the same guy that he was last season. You know, he's still being able to make plays with his legs. That's his forte, but with his arm, Lamar Jackson's been, you know, a little hot and cold this year. So, you know, if we go into a playoff game where Lamar Jackson is shut down like he was against Tennessee and is really forced to start throwing the ball, the Ravens defense has got to be able to step up. And I think that's what uh, John Harbaugh did here in making sure that um, at the Ravens, along with uh, general manager Eric DaCosta, made sure that they went out and they got another really Really solid piece. Their defensive line only cost them a third and a conditional fifth round pick. It's a good bit of business for uh, for Baltimore. As for Minnesota, they're just tearing it down. Yep, they're tearing it down. They're in south. They're in cap hell. When's they the were, Thiel and trade incoming? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that there's going to be more pieces though that 
definitely do go. I will start to speculate, though, and I've heard this from more than one person, that it is looking at least somewhat possible that Dalvin Cook does not return to Minnesota next year. Because he's a free agent at the end of the season. It's true. They didn't... uh... You know, they didn't come to an agreement on a contract extension. Right, right. And they have to shed salary. So this was a a really good decision by Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So, you know, you could you could see Dalvin Cook potentially get up and walk. Um, Daniil Hunter also was placed on IR. Um, It looks like his days. Yep. His days in Minnesota are are numbered. So it it just kind of looks like Minnesota is going to look to tear this down and start all over again. And I would go on a limb and say that every single player on this roster is available uh, for the trade deadline for from any other team with a price. That I, I would assume that is the case. Do you think Mike Zimmer is not going to come back either? Oh, um, I mean, anything is on the table, honestly. With with a um, with a new project shall we say that is potentially going to happen with the vikings in terms of full-on rebuild so it it is entirely possible that the vikings decide to uh, get rid of mike zimmer and bring in somebody else i can say though if the vikings do get rid of mike zimmer dallas better be all over that jets should be on that dallas should be all over that because they need they need a defensive head coach Jets need a fucking disciplinarian head coach you need you need an offensive coach you need no. someone that can help help groom a quarterback. You know who the last two offensive coaches that we hired were? Uh, Adam Gaze is one. Rich Kotite. Rich Kotite was the last offensive coach you hired. Yeah. Wow. Rich fucking Kotite. And Adam Gaze. Heck, we forget. Yeah. Rich Kotite worked banker's hours. He left the building at 5 p.m. He didn't give a fuck about that team in 96. Hey, the man wanted a nine-to-five life. Rich Cimini wrote a really good piece about it, actually, which is how I know about all this stuff. About the oh, 96 Cimini, The almighty. Yeah. The snarkiest beat writer uh, that works at ESPN. For the Vikings, I mean, you just signed Kirk Cousins to a two-year extension. You're giving him $33 million a year for two years. For what? For what exactly? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. And it's not even like it's not even like the Vikings could trade that contract that they wanted to. That is untradeable. Yeah. So they're stuck with Kirk Cousins for another two seasons after this. Do you really want a mediocre quarterback for $33 million a year? I'll take no. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, the guy just can't. I, I don't know. I'm not crazy about it, uh, of course. But uh, nobody is. No, no, nobody well, is. The only person that's crazy about it is Kirk Cousins' agent and Kirk Cousins. That's true. They're making bank. Yeah, but uh, the other big news involving the Ravens is Des Bryant coming back. He's potentially going to be signing. So what's the deal with this? They said he was going to be signed to the practice squad, but uh, for veteran... the ex baby. Yeah. That's He's my guy. Signed to the practice practice squad, but yes. veterans can't be signed to the practice squad. But apparently, I guess they're finding some way to skirt around. 
No, that... veterans can be signed to the practice squad this year. Okay. Yes, that was a whole new provision that was put in place due to uh, due to COVID. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they they sign him to uh, the practice squad, and they're going to continue to get him back to game speed. And hopefully, there is a vision, at least from what I've heard, that Des Bryant will be activated to the main roster in the next couple of weeks or so. Well, I think that if Des Bryant has come back fully from that Achilles injury that he suffered when he was when he was working out for the Saints, then I mean, this is a great signing for Baltimore. I want to see, I want to see Des play. I, I I really do. I think that the way that uh, he left Dallas was uh, unceremonious at best, and then of course goes to New Orleans, and everyone really wanted to see how he would look with Drew Brees, and we were of course robbed of that opportunity. So now we're going to see Des Bryant get another opportunity to play, and I think Des does have something to offer, at least to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if he's someone that you would be going out though and adding in fantasy unlike the next guy where there is a lot to unpack here. Yes. Uh, Antonio Brown. I thought we we go again. I thought we were done. It's like the Sopranos line. I thought I was done, but then they pulled me back in. (laughs) That's poetry. Yeah. But Antonio Brown, the Seattle Seahawks are looking around and looking to potentially sign Antonio Brown for the Seattle Seahawks. Just when they were turning into a likable football team, they, they're going to go ahead and sign one of the most unlikable players in the entire NFL. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's a lot to unpack here, more for fantasy than anything else. I mean, obviously, you bring, you bring in Antonio Brown with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf already there. If he's half of what he was when he was in Pittsburgh, yes. then, that, then yes. that is amazing. That you is also true. You can't expect this to be prime Antonio Brown. Well, either. to be to be fair, when he was in New England and he was playing with with Brady, he looked all right. He looked all right. Yeah. He was he was he was a shell of himself, but you know he looked okay. I don't know though if Antonio Brown is someone that is going to I mean, it was one game contribute. Yeah, it was one game against Miami. But he's not, I don't think he's someone that is going to immediately contribute. That's part of the problem. And of course, he's an exploratory ad. And of course, if he signs somewhere and name value alone, you could probably trade Antonio Brown to someone who was completely oblivious and get something completely nice for him. I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm no, not kidding. You, you can probably trade Antonio Brown for something really nice. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the, con- at the concept of that trade. Yeah, I mean, it, it, odds are it's going to happen. Odds are someone is going to see Antonio Brown signs with the blank and it's going to say, oh, I want Antonio Brown. Let's go see if I can pick him up on waivers. Well, see, especially he's not there. Seahawks. Because he's like, oh, wow, Antonio Brown's playing Russell Wilson. I'm going to trade you like my stud running back for him. Well, now let, let, let's talk about this now. Let's say that I'm obviously we're not saying that Antonio Brown is going to sign with Seattle. But the fact that Russell Wilson has been talking up Antonio Brown suggests that, you know, this is a marriage that's just waiting to happen. Antonio Brown signs with Seattle tomorrow. Let's look. Let, just play this hypothetical game. Mm-hmm. Do you see it potentially affecting Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf in any way? Or do you see it affecting one and not the other? Well, honestly, I see it affecting both of them just because of a player like Antonio Brown, you you don't bring in a player like Antonio Brown to get four targets a game. Sure. The fact of the matter is, is that 
one of those players is going to be the odd person out. I mean, listen, it's going to take a couple weeks for them, for Russell Wilson and Antonio Brown to really get, you know, chemistry, get a rapport going. The kind of rapport that Russell Wilson already has with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But I think that, I don't know, I I kind of feel like Tyler Lockett will probably be, might be the odd man out once Antonio Brown really gets to full speed, just because I think DK Metcalf as a player, as a physical presence is too good to not throw the ball to. See, I don't know if odd man out is the right way of putting it, but I agree with you to a point. Well, I guess he's da- I guess he'd be downgraded. He'd be the player that we downgraded slightly. Sure. With, with yeah. Antonio Brown. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Because I think that DK is going to get his. I, DK, I've been saying this since the start of the year that before even we were doing, you know, draft buildup and all of that. I was the guy that DK ranked higher than Tyler Lockett. Granted, I've never been a Tyler Lockett fan, but I just had DK ranked higher because I think that when it gets, when it gets close, Russell Wilson's looking for DK. And that's the one thing that I'm kind of curious with. If this does happen, does that continue? Does that, automatic look for DK Metcalf inside the 20-yard line. Does that continue, or would you see more of Antonio Brown? I think one thing is for sure that if they bring in Antonio Brown, he definitely would be a presence in between the 20s. It'll be interesting to see, though, what happens when they get inside the 20. You know, Would he be utilized more versus someone like DK or versus someone like Tyler Lockett even? But yeah, I think Tyler Lockett would be downgraded a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot. DK, I think I would downgrade a tiny bit as well, just because there would be more mouths to feed there. But, I mean, no doubt for the Seahawks, you have Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Antonio Brown. That's Ooh, that's, that's a disgusting offense. That 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 is nasty. That is super scary. That's nasty good. Yeah, and yeah. They, they are already, in, in, my, in my opinion, they are already the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't think anybody holds a candle to them, quite honestly. It's true. It's very true. Hopefully, one Russell Wilson might get another chance at a Super Bowl. I think he might. I, I mean, listen, I would love, love to see a Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson Super Bowl. That would be unbelievable. You're right. You're absolutely right. And there's something about Seahawks Super Bowls that are always entertaining. Yes. Whether it be for the fact that they're in our backyard or the fact that uh, dumb shit happens during it. True. Yeah. Very true. Now, which Super Bowl am I talking about? <laughs> Gee, I have no idea. I mean, dumb shit happened in both Super Bowls, really. But, you know, the one that we always talk about happened in the... Uh, in the later one. Stupid, 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 stupid. Dara Pebble. And it's intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. I'm not even a Seahawks fan, and that moment plays in my nightmares. <laughs> Ever- well, of course it does, because you are a Patriot hater, and you hate yeah. anything that involves the Patriots' Patriot success. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway, speaking of teams that, that you don't like, this team, this Thursday night game was a biannual matchup of two teams that you don't like. And listen, 
I don't know how you feel about this, but this game turned out to be pretty, pretty solid at the end. Adam, yeah. you mind if I take this? Go for it. Thank you. Anybody who says Carson Wentz is elite, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Boston Scott had a really good game. Travis Fulgham had a really good game. Deshaun Jackson's hurt again. Other than this, guy is blue. I will risk. Mm, no, no, because someone else has said someone else has said this. The man, the man, Gus Johnson. I'll, I'll quote. I'll quote a true poet here. Daniel Jones does not have running from the cop speed. Let's make that crystal clear. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. The funniest thing, I was listening to the uh, radio call for a bit, and Bob Papa and Carl Banks were literally just laughing their asses off when that happened. I would have. Like, they literally couldn't form a sentence. Bob Papa was like, and he fell down, and then they just started laughing. I would have. And they couldn't form a coherent sentence. Devontae Freeman injured with an ankle injury. Uh, There's some early report that it could be a high ankle sprain. So if that's the case, um, it's going to be Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis to be the backs for the Giants. Sterling Shepard had a really, really good night. Uh, Golden Tate scored a nice touchdown. Uh, Darius Slayton was blanketed by Darius Slay. That was a very interesting little tidbit that Darius Slayton was being guarded by Darius Slay. It's very funny. Very, very funny. Very, very big haha. And uh, Evan Ingram had a had a pretty nice night for his standards. Should have been more if he had caught that bomb on uh, on third down, which pretty much would have iced the game, really. And yep. it just hit him right in the hands, and and he dropped it. That you know, was, it's a, it's, it's that a, was painful to watch. That's a drop right so off it, the fingertips. It, yeah, it was. Now getting back to my overall uh, manifesto here. Mm-hmm. How on earth do the Giants lose that game? How on earth do the Giants lose that game? They got they got a freebie, a freebie from Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. with that face mask on Dalvin Tomlinson. Did you a- see that? He literally tried to he ripped his helmet off. That was the most blatant face mask I've ever seen in my entire life. They get a freebie, a 10-yard penalty. It is first in goal from the 20-yard line. And they give up Philadelphia needs to score. And they allow Philadelphia to score on the first play. Yes. Like, are we getting? I mean, you got to give credit. Carson Wentz made a really good throw on that. It's a Boston Scott. Great throw. No, No doubt about it. But how do you let Boston Scott just run around at the sideline? It wasn't hard. Everyone, everybody could see that was gonna ha- what was gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, Jabril Peppers. It was not good coverage at all on that no, play. No, and there was nobody in the middle of the field. So really, Boston Scott, if he didn't want to continue up the sideline, he could just cut back towards the middle of the field. Carson Wentz would have saw him running right in front of his eyes, and he could have dumped it off. There would have been second and goal, and it would have gotten closer and closer and closer from that point. And I mean, oh God. Oh, that's a, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss by the New York Giants. But again, this is a bad football team. I've been saying this since the start of the season. The Giants are going to be terrible. And the more and more that I watch Daniel Jones play, 
the more and more I'm convinced, and it's sad for me to say that Daniel Jones is not the franchise quarterback for the New York Giants and that there is going to be a brand new regime uh, coming in within the next year or so with Dave Gettleman finally being on the outs and someone else getting to take their own quarterback, whether it is that they are lucky enough to go get Trevor Lawrence or whether or not they're going to go ahead and potentially get a Justin Fields or even a Trey Lance or someone of that mold. But I think it's just becoming more and more apparent that Daniel Jones is not going to be the guy for the New York Giants. Well, you're right. I mean, this guy, Daniel Jones, his first year, everyone's like, oh, we, everybody was so wrong about blasting Dave Gettleman for picking him over Dwayne Haskins, picking him as early as he did, as they did. But now we're seeing that, you know, we expected that Daniel Jones was going to get over these turnover issues after his rookie year, because all the, every rookie has these problems where they turn the ball over a lot, but he just hasn't. He really just has not. He has not. He threw an, uh, an interception and then he had a, I mean, he lost the game on a fumble where like the great John Gruden once, once said he was not being a two-handed monster in the pocket. He was holding the ball, you know, he was holding the ball with one hand all lacks of days ago. Like he was out playing flag football after Thanksgiving. I mean, and then he just gets the, uh, the ball knocked out of his hands by Brandon Graham where, where he's just looking in, a, in the other direction. And. Uh, we yeah. do have some breaking news and I, I am, I do apologize that I cut you off there. Um, Joe Mixon has been ruled out. Ooh. Sunday against the Browns. Do too. Uh, an ankle injury. Oh, so it is wow. going to it is going to be the Giovanni Bernard show. I'm sure a lot of Bengals fans are looking forward to that. Goody. Anyway, so yes, I I just don't think that that uh, Daniel Jones is is the answer at quarterback for the Giants, and I think that there are a lot of Giants fans that at this point agree with me, and. I mean, I don't know. I think comparing him to Sam, I think Sam has a lot more promise. He's just in a terrible situation. Daniel Jones has like a pretty good, like Joe Judge is a pretty solid head coach, kind of. But Daniel Jones is just doing it to himself at this point. It's all, a lot of this stuff has been self-inflicted. Where all, all of Sam Donald's good plays have been going have been open rebellion against his head coach totally i think it's totally totally different though i think that the giants there's much more of a foundation that's in place for someone to come in that doesn't make the mistakes that daniel jones makes where they can come in and be successful where you have saquon barkley when he's healthy you have sterling shepherd you have darius slayton um, you have Golden Tate for now, at least. You have Evan Ingram for now, at least. You have a unspectacular offensive line that is continuing to improve. You have a defense, which, by the way, is a top 12 unit in the league. And that's not, I don't think it's talked about enough. They recorded another it's takeaway surprised. last night. Yeah. yeah. So I think the future is getting better for the Giants, but it's going to take a little bit to do a full rebuild and gut this entire roster and bring in players that can come in and help this team. And quite honestly, Daniel Jones is not looking to be that guy. And it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what 
continues to happen with this football team over the course of the season because they are very much in the running for Trevor Lawrence. And I can tell you right now, I will be a very, 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 very angry boy if the Giants end up getting Trevor Lawrence. I, I think I'd be very angry if the Jets get Trevor Lawrence just because I hate the Jets. But I, I would rather see the Jets get him than than the Giants, personally. Fair. Fair. All right, so let's move on to the previews. And actually, let's start off with where our breaking news was, and that is the Battle of Ohio, part two. And that is the Browns going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. So Joe Mixon has been ruled out, like you said, the ankle injury. Not going to be solid, not going to be good. But where do you, well, we'll talk about where you have Giovanni Bernard in a second. And just look at the injury report for the Cleveland Browns. And it, it's something, let me tell you. Uh, Kareem Hump with the rib injury remained limited at practice. Jarvis Landry with ribs and a hip uh, remained limited at practice on Thursday. I think that both of them might will probably play. Um, if you're in a if you're in a spot in a in a deeper league, I think that you know they're they're definitely worth. I mean Kareem Hunt especially since he's the guy in the backfield, but even even Jarvis Landry, as much as you don't like him in in a deeper league, if he's your one of your only backups, then I guess go for it. Really. Yeah, I think that when we go through these previews, it's going to be very apparent that the Browns are all solid enough starts this week. Yeah, especially going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Baker Mayfield, where is he on your starter meter? The Bengals gave up 371 yards and three touchdowns last week to a fossil in Phillip Rivers. So, I don't see how Baker Mayfield can't put up 250 and two scores this week. So, I, I think, you know, I've pretty much been pretty consistent with giving guys at least a six when I've said that I could see them putting up 250 and two scores. I think that's a floor line for Baker Mayfield in this matchup. So yeah, six. Well, if Baker Mayfield feels better after the, if he's recovered from that rib injury that he had, then I think that um, then, yeah, then he's a really good start this week. So cream hunt you think is also a pretty solid start. Yeah, I mean he he's every week. Every week is is a very very good start. Uh, Cream Hunt's like an eight. And then, De Ernest Johnson. It's like a five. All right, five. Yeah. And then for the receivers, Odo Beckham Jr. Nine. I expect him to come down with seventy or eighty yards and a touchdown in this matchup. So yeah, I th- I, I I will go on a limb. Odell scores. All right, Jarvis Landry. Uh, this is more of an interesting one for me just because, you know, we haven't seen Jarvis at his best. And you can say whether it's been that he's hurt or whatever it is with the hip injury that he just fully hasn't recovered from. Uh, I would still say like a four. You know, I, I, I think Jarvis Landry is just better off on your bench unless you have issues with bye. Yeah. And speaking of bye week fill-ins, I think Austin Hooper is a really good bye week fill-in. Especially yeah. Yeah. Somebody he's like had, Mark Andrews. He's had three straight weeks of at least five catches. He's been very consistent on that front, and I think he has an opportunity to score in this matchup as well. So I would say he's like he's like a six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with very even, solid stream, very even, very solid stream this week. Yeah, even with David Njoku coming back, 
Um, Austin Hooper is the number one tight end in Cleveland. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. paid him to be that. Yes. No, exactly. And then for Cincinnati, it gets a bit more, um, you know, finicky, a bit, bit more indecisive. Joe Burrow, where is he on your startometer? I like a six. Like a six. I don't love it, but I think that Joe Burrow, we have seen time and time again, is like is the king at producing garbage time numbers for you. So um, this game is a 17-point game in the third quarter. They're going to have to start launching the ball around. I think that's good for Joe Burrow and his potential fantasy day for this weekend. Yeah. And then are you even looking at Gio Bernard here? I think you can in – in PPR, in, in non-PPR, I probably wouldn't. But in half and full PPR, I think he's okay. The Browns' run defense is pretty stingy. They allowed around 94 yards on the ground so far in each week this season. It's about their average. So I would say that Bernard probably is, is good for around 15, 20 touches in this matchup. So that would probably make him like a 5 for me, I haven't updated him on my, on my ranks, but I would probably say he's a mid-range flex for for this matchup. Okay. And then for the wide receivers, uh, we have Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd has proven he's the number one receiver in this offense. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the Browns pretty much have been very, very, very generous to uh, allowing touchdowns for receivers over the past six weeks. And I fully expect Tyler Boyd to get one this week. So I would say a seven really good start. Yeah. And then T Higgins. Well, I think T Higgins is actually, a, a he's becoming a very, very safe floor start every single week. And Joe Burrow clearly loves him. And we saw what happened in week six, six catches, 125 yards against the Colts the number one ranked defense the Indianapolis Colts are. So I would really think you just got to keep on riding the hot hand here. I would say he's a six for me. Uh, I think it's, it's uh, it, this is, I think, a time where we would start to go comparison shopping because honestly, it really depends for me on who you are starting T Higgins over where I could say whether or not you know, you would start T Higgins, but he's a really interesting one. Do you want to go with flex rankings or wide receiver rankings? Uh, flex. Okay. Would you rather have, would you rather start Kenny and Drake or T Higgins? Kenny and Drake. DJ Char or actually Darren Waller or T Higgins? Darren Waller. DJ Chark or T Higgins? Oh, T Higgins. DJ Chark is a really tough matchup. All right. Yeah, no, against, he does. Against the Chargers. Yeah, that's yeah. a really tough matchup for him and, and a matchup where he may not be 100% either. Casey so, Hayward. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm going to say Higgins. Uh, would you rather have DeAndre Swift or T. Higgins? Swift in PPR, Higgins in none. And then uh, Brandon Cooks or T. Higgins? T. Higgins. Okay, so these were this is around like the fifties as far as flexes as far as the uh, flex rankings. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's where I have them. I have them as a overall. I have them as a top fifty-five play. Yeah, 
And then AJ Green, I mean, oh, how the mighty have fallen. AJ Green's like barely even worth consideration at this point. Yeah, but I think he still gets he still gets a good amount of looks, so he's worthy of being in flex consideration for this matchup. But I would not be eager to go out and start him. So I would say he's probably like a five. And then are you looking at Drew Sample at all? Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Next game. Let's just get this game out of the way. And it is the Jets and the Bills. So good news. Well, I'll talk about it later. For Buffalo, uh, what's the? Have you heard anything about John Brown? Uh, he's 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 going to be going in as questionable, um, but I would say it's 50-50 right now as to whether or not John Brown plays. Uh, they said he was not present at the early portion of Friday's practice. Oh, there you go. So it there doesn't look like he's going to be playing. Yeah, he's if he if back. he's not practicing Friday, then then you could pretty much safely rule him out. Yeah. Right. So for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. I think this is just a get right game for Josh Allen. I mean, he looked like garbage against against the Chiefs. And the only thing that refrains me from putting him as a 10 is that this game could just be so freaking ugly that the Bills just either pull him or just run the ball as much as they can with Singletary or Moss. So I would say he's a nine. You think the Bills are going to pull Josh Allen? Uh, if they're up by 28, yes. Oh. Oh, okay. Which is entirely possible. No comment. Anyway, Devin Singletary. I think Singletary will score. So I'm going to say a seven. Zach Moss. He's a possible flex. Say a five. Stefan Diggs. 10. Cole Beasley. He to Stephon Diggs should go freaking nuts. Uh Beasley. He's like a flex. So five. And then uh Dawson Knox. Uh one. Fair. So for the Jets, oh boy. I mean, really, as far as the injury report is concerned, Sam Donald's starting. Yay. Jets actually have a shot. And doing something offensively and not getting shut out again. Um, but uh, Jamison Crowder, they say he they're saying he's going to be practicing in a limited capacity on Friday with a groin injury, a groin issue. Uh, the place kicker Sam Ficken will not practice on Friday. I wonder what they're going to be doing with that if they're going to bring in somebody else to replace him. They're going to bring in Brett Ma. Probably. I mean, he, I'm sure he's available somewhere. Uh, and really, I mean, for the Jets, let's just be real. Yes. Um, there is some breaking news about a story we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Deshaun Jackson either has a high ankle sprain or broke his ankle. Yeah. They're running more tests on that to determine which it is. But it looks like Deshaun Jackson will be out indefinitely. Well, that's one. not good. Yeah. Yep. And no. And also, one more thing. Uh, no positive tests for this morning. So it looks like all the games are going to be played as scheduled. Thank goodness. Yes. That's why I they, do not need any Tuesday football. Never again. No. 
I mean, that's or the doubleheader on Monday. No, thank you. Absolutely not. No, thank Hate you. That. Nope. Hate that. Hate it. Um, yeah. Five o'clock football sucks. Yep. Exactly. That's why they switched around the uh, the Tampa Bay Oakland or Tampa Bay Las Vegas game, and they switched it with Seattle and Arizona because um, Arizona will have fans and Las Vegas won't. No, well, not not just that. But because, but like you know, if the if the Raider uh, Buccaneer game was moved, then they would have no Sunday night football. So you got to have the Collinsworth slide, except not this year. Very sad. Yeah, I'm surprised that Philadelphia had fans in there in the stadium. Actually, I thought well, that was been, like they've been wanting fans in the stadium for a while. Yeah, and Pittsburgh's had them. It was weird because it was like I think it was like a hybrid of like cardboard cutouts. And actual people. I'm almost certain that most teams have fans in their stadium. I think it's just the New York teams, the California teams. I don't think the Panthers have fans in in their stadium yet. I don't think Atlanta does. Yeah. I don't think I don't think New Orleans does yet. But for the most part, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of fans are, are are in stadiums. Minnesota doesn't. Yeah. So Detroit doesn't. Well, it seems like a lot of teams with the domes don't have fans in the stands because correct. It, that makes more sense because obviously, with an open air stadium, then you don't you then the COVID it doesn't it's not staying in there. You're unless not, it's unless it's Jerry World. Yeah. Unless it's Jerry World, of course. You just leave all the windows open. <laughs> you open the roofs so that way God could see his favorite team. Well, that's like uh, Lucas Oil where they have the wind. You can just open the windows and you can uh, you can just blow the air out. Lucas Lucas Oil does have uh, does have fans. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I mean, regardless, I think the fact that Sam Donald's playing is means good things for Jameson Crowder. Yes, because he yeah, for sure. just he just didn't do a lot um, on uh, on Sunday against Miami, and but really, I mean, the big story is that now that with no Le'Veon Bell, uh, we saw that it was Frank Gore. But I think this week they might give more. Hopefully, they give more touches to uh, Lamichael P. Ryan. I really hope they do. To all the gentlemen out there. I have some. Uh, I don't very rarely do I do this on here when I'm when I'm not talking about the Bachelor, or the Bachelorette. God, I'm really afraid of what you're about to say. You should be. <laughs> I want everybody to listen up very closely. So I'm about to drop the hammer on somebody. Well, a lot of people, gentlemen. Go find yourself a woman. You know what? That I was will wrong. love you the way that Frank Gore is loved by Adam Gaze. I was wrong. I love what you incredible. said. I actually am a big fan of what you of what you just said. Oh, thank you very much. What can I say? I'm uh, I'm a uh, romanticist over here. It's true though. It, it's unbelievable. You it's think for, unbelievable. Give a Michael P. Ryan a run. I know. It's 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 not hard. It's not hard. Give true. him a run. Let him play. Yeah. We we know what Frank Gore is. We know who Frank Gore is. Frank Gore is a Hall of Fame caliber running back. Oh, yeah. Who's also, yes, Hall of Fame running back. 
who's also 37 years old. Yes. Frank Gore is not a part of the long-term vision of the New York Jets. Adam Gaze isn't either, but that's beside the point. LaMichael Pirine could be. Let's see it. But we wouldn't know if you don't play him. Right, right. Don't Bilal Powell, Michael P. Ryan, please. Oh, oh, the Michael P. Ryan is the new Bilal Powell. Oh, no. Bilal Powell. It's terrible. All right, so Frank Gore is like a four. Yeah. I don't think I gave Sam Donald a, a rating either. It's a three. Yeah, well, I figured. Anyway, let's move on and talk about another get right game. Oh, we didn't, we didn't, do, the, we didn't do the receivers. That's Jamison Crowder is, you know, he's like an eight. I guess for you, James Crowder, Jameson Crowder is a seven. Yeah. Rashad Perriman's going to be back again. Yeah. So yeah, seven. Chris Hearn and his trash is hot, is hot garbage. And, and Ryan Griffin, they get a contract extension to for nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the jets. God love them because this team has no vision. No, no, there is no vision, no vision. They're straddling two eras. They want to compete, but also they want to tank. That's also quite true. Yeah. Quite true. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so this this next game is a get-right game for Mr. Aaron Rodgers. After the after his, uh, some would call it a performance. Some would call it just a complete capitulation against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I mean, this is even one of those games where you got angry Aaron Rodgers going up against the team, against the team the Texans got a, are cowering in fear at this point. Yeah, you have a pissed off Aaron Rodgers that is uh very very annoyed at the dud that he posted on Sunday. Yeah, this is going to be a big get right game for Aaron Rodgers. This is a 10 start. You have got to start Aaron Rodgers this weekend. Have to. Have to have to have to. Yes. And then for the running backs, uh, what's your deal with Aaron Jones? Uh, the Texans were just fucking steamrolled by Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I hate to be blunt, but they were fucking stomped on. Well, he rushed for two hundred over 200 yards. 212. 212 yards and two touchdowns. So, Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Aaron Jones has 150 total yards and two touchdowns in this game. I mean, it really is a would fitting- not shock me. It's a fitting descriptor. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a 10, a big 10 start. For me, he's a 15, actually. See right there, Adam? He's a big 10. He's the a big, big 10, 10 coming back this weekend. Yes. We're uh, gonna see get to see Ohio State on Saturday. Oh my God. Yay. Come on, Adam. You could you could fill it in for me. Oh Io. Thank you. Good to be back, buddy. I don't even watch college football unless I have to, unless it's for work. College football is just wonderful. It's a national treasure. Although that game, the, uh, the North Carolina FSU game was pretty fun to watch. Even though I had to watch it for work. It was something. It was a really good game at the end. It was a really, really good game. I I was able to watch the end of it as uh, Alabama was just fucking steamrolling Georgia. I'm like, wow, I thought this was going to be close, but then Alabama just pulled away. Yep, in typical Alabama fashion. Yeah. I think I had said to one of one of my uh one of my colleagues that I was uh, that I was texting with. I had said, um 
I said something along the lines of, I think Georgia might make this close. And he had said to me, this is Nick Saban against Kirby Smart. Watch what happens. Then at halftime, I said, ooh, this is looking pretty good. This is a, this is a close enough game. And then, bam. Yep. It's like, oh, well, there goes that. Yeah. Oh, God, that drop at the end of the, the UNC Florida State game. Oh, my God. Which one? On which down? There no, were the, three of them. On, the, on fourth down. Uh, there were three straight drops. Yes. That the UNC uh, pass catcher should have caught. Yeah. No, well, the one that. Oh, the that, one on fourth down is the biggest one of all. That yeah. was right on the hands. The perfect throw. It was wide open. There was nobody near him. Wide open. Wide. Yeah. Like Panama Canal wide open. It's true. Anyway, uh, let's talk about, let's move on to professional football here. Talk about Jamal Williams. Where is he on your starter meter? Two. Okay. Really? Two. Two. Okay. Two. You think it's just going to be all Iron Jones all the time? Yep. Okay. Jamal Williams will not do enough. Yeah, he might he might get a good run at the end of the game, but I don't think he's going to do enough to even consider you starting him as a flex in deep leagues. I'll tell you who is a 10, though. Devontae Adams. You mean my son? Yeah. My child? Mm-hmm. I love him. He's an 11. Over under 20 targets for Devontae Adams in this game. Over. That's what I thought. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling. Uh, four. And if you want to flex him, be my guest because the Texans defense is just terrible. So yeah. he's obviously a candidate to catch a bomb. So, yes. And then at tight end, uh, Robert Tunyon didn't practice on Thursday. That's actually how you say it, by the way. Yes, I heard. <laughs> I heard it's not Robert Tunyon, it's Robert Tunyon. Yeah, like uh, John Runyon. Except it's yeah, or Funyon. Yes, or Funyon. Or Funyon. That's yeah. the that's the way I saw it. Was pronounced Funyon, and yes. then add the T. Tunyon. Yep. Robert Tunyon did not practice on Thursday. Um, he worked, but they said he worked out without pads and with a trainer on the side. Uh, it's worth noting, worth watching. What's going? What he does on Friday today to see his status for this game. But if he goes, he's a good, he's a really good play because Aaron Rodgers does like tight ends. And I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's another weapon in the uh, Packers offense. See, I think this is a, this is a game where uh, Robert Tunyon has to prove his worth. Uh, if he does not, he is very droppable. And we have seen that he is a one week wonder. Oh, I mean, the, well, Texans, the Texans were just walloped last week by Anthony Ferkser. It's true. Yeah. I mean that was with and that was with Jonathan Smith out. I mean yeah. it's Anthony Ferkser. We're yeah, talking Tun- about here. Tunyon's like a five, but okay. Start him with real, real caution. Well, especially if he's banged up, it might not be ideal. Correct. Um, and then for the Houston Texans, the only offensive player of note that was injured was Jordan Akins, who didn't practice on Thursday with the an ankle and a concussion. But the uh, the big players we want to talk about are you know. Deshaun Watson, where is he on your starter meter? He's at four straight weeks of multiple touchdowns. Uh, he continues to get the job done. Uh, the Packers secondary, though, it, it is tough. But, I mean, I, I really just cannot envision 
how Deshaun Watson does not throw for at least 275 yards and a couple touchdowns in this game. I just do not see it. So I just do not, I do not see how he does not do it is what I should say. Yeah. He's a, he's an eight. He's an eight really good start. Uh, top seven play for me. David Johnson. Well, the good news is that uh, David Johnson continues to dominate the carries for the Texans. He had 19 carries uh, last week to Duke Johnson's four. Uh, the bad news is that he just has not been very efficient with those with those carries. It's true. So Aaron Jones has more yards than David Johnson, but on 12 less carries. Yeah. Yeah. So and two, all, and two more touchdowns also. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need to know. Um, I would say that the Packers were gashed by Ronald Jones last week. The, the good matchups are running out for David Johnson. And I think that he, he continues to be a very, very good floor guy, but you basically will need him to score a touchdown to give any sort of chance for him having a good fantasy day. He scored last week, helped him have a solid enough day but you don't see the big time monster games that you used to see from David Johnson. So he's like a six. He's, he's a, he's a very good RB two. He'll get you the floor. He'll get you the uh, 15, 20 carries. Maybe he'll get a couple receptions in there, but it's getting hard to hold on to him, especially in for teams that are looking to contend for a championship. He might be someone that you look to try and deal before you trade deadline to try and upgrade on that. Yeah. Don't look now, Bird, but Will Fuller is already halfway, is already almost halfway to a thousand yards. Yeah, he he's the number one receiver in this offense. He 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 looks the part. And as long as he I mean, we've both said this. We've never had an issue with Will Fuller, the talent. It's always just been can he stay healthy? And if he can continue to stay healthy, there's no doubt he's a thousand yard receiver for this offense, and he would prove to be a really great value for fantasy. I have him as top 15 play this week. So I think that he does score. I know it's a tough matchup with Jair Alexander, but I think he scores this week, and I'm going to give him, I'm going to say a seven. Good start. Yeah. And then Brandon Cooks. Uh, and we've come back down. Yeah. I But I think outside of Jair Alexander, I think the matchup otherwise is okay for Brandon Cooks. I'll say a five. Actually, I think as, as a flex, I think he's okay. Okay. Um, I have a couple. Let's go comparison shopping because he's actually Probably. not in the in the wide receiver rankings. Brandon Cooks is around T. Higgins. So. And I said I would start T. Higgins over. Yeah. So let's go and see who's below him. Brandon Cooks or Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, God. Juju. Uh, May I please ask for a clarification? Uh, John Smith Schuster. Yeah, sure. What? I'll take it. Juju. Uh, I don't love it. Brandon Cooks or Mike Williams? Mike Williams. Brandon Cooks or Debo Samuel? And I apologize, it's not John Smith. John Sherman. I apologize. Oh. John Sherman Schuster. Say it again. Brandon Cooks or Debo Samuel? Cooks. Brandon Cooks or Christian Kirk? Cooks. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Brandon Cooks or Julian Edelman? Edelman, PPR, Cooks, and non. So he's just inside the top 40 for you? Yes. As far as wide receivers are concerned? Yep. Okie dokie. So that's kind of it. As you said, Jordan Akins is injured, but he's not really worth worrying about. So let's move on to, oh, this game. Dallas, Washington. Yes. Gun to the head motion. Uh, motion. I agree. I, ho- I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, boy. Uh, for this game, I mean, for the Cowboys, all their injured players are on IR, it seems like. Um, bright side is Randy Gregory's coming back. Oh, wonderful. Yay. That's what we need. Another criminal? <laughs> Adam, that's offensive. He is offensive. Whatever. He's played for the Cowboys in a year. Unbelievable. Shocking. Shocking behavior. I expect better of you. All right. Where is Andy (laughs) Dalton? I don't ever want to hear that name in this podcast. The Red Rifle. Where is he on your starter meter? Trying to think of the lowest that I've given. Um, I'm going to say... Negative 2,478. I'll do it. No, thank All right. you. I figured. Well, I mean, the guy, the guy's a turnover machine. He sucks. He, he does suck. Anybody. Although one of those interceptions. The one of those interceptions was defensive pass interference. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But Adam, you need to listen very closely here. Okay. I was not on Tuesday's program, so I was not able to say that anybody who had said that the Dallas Cowboys would be better off with Andy Dalton as quarterback than Dak Prescott, you've never watched football before. You've never watched football before. And it is very clear now, now, that anybody who continues to say Dak is terrible, Dak is a trash quarterback, anybody can do what Dak Prescott does, kiss my ass. There we go. I'm done. Okay. Thank you for coming to my my TED Talk. Good enough for me. People were saying he was better. Listen, I get people saying, oh, the Cowboys are in better shape, are in good, are like they're not as bad with Andy Dalton as they would be with another backup quarterback. I get that. But saying that they're better off, that doesn't make any sense. Dallas Cowboys should be training for Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. Right now. Yeah. Right this very second. They should be training for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because that guy, that guy, Red Rifle, he's awful. He's really not good. He's awful. And I've been saying this for years. For years that he's terrible. And people want to just go and say, oh, but he was really good with A.J. Green in Cincinnati, and he got the Bengals to the playoffs one time. One time he got the Bengals to the playoffs. My my God. My God. He didn't win a playoff game now. Right. And people are going to go and say, oh, but Tony Romo only won three playoff games. Oh, so we're celebrating that Tony Romo only won three playoff games. We're not celebrating that. 
but we're going to celebrate Andy Dalton getting to the playoffs one time as a starter. Give me a break. Give I mean, me a break. Yeah. It's Un- one of those unbelievable things where it just, I, I don't know. Andy, well, also, Andy Dalton's not in his prime anymore. He either. never was. No, he well, never was. Prime means means different things for different for different uh, players. Whatever what you can call Andy Dalton's prime, quote unquote, you know, like 2013, 2014, 2015. He's not, we're not there anymore. That was five years ago. Six years ago, seven years ago. <sighs> He's past it. Any any talent or skill or playing ability that Andy Dalton ever had. He doesn't have it anymore. I will say this before we move on, talk about more fantasy relevant players and people that have a much more warmer spot in my heart. I will say that I'm a very good evaluator of talent. I will toot my own horn here. Fuck it. I said, Jimmy Garoppolo garbage. How's that turned out? Was I right on that one? That one, Adam? Yes, you are. You are. I said, Jared Goff was trash. Have I been right on that one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Andy Dalton. Have I been right on that one? Yes. And the best one of all, everyone's favorite quarterback that nobody ever wants to throw under the bus, Marcus Mariota. I'm waiting for the answer. You're right. He is not good. Thank you. Thank you. The only saving grace for Andy Dalton is that Marcus Mariota is a worse quarterback than he is, but that's not really saying much. Yeah, you're right. All right, I'm done. Okay, fair enough. So let's move on. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ten. He's got to get over the fun, that fumbleitis. He's got to get over it. Ten. Yep, I mean, big game for Zeke. Yeah. Amari Cooper. Uh, seven. I mean, actually, before we talk about, you know, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz, I mean, is this one of those things? Are the Cowboys so like more downgraded than we thought with Andy Dalton at quarterback, like the receivers? And- a little bit, a little bit. But I think that with each week that passes without Dak, this offense is going to improve somewhat. And I think, you know, people also forget that Amari did score Monday night and he posted a pretty solid fantasy day. So, you know, he may not have a monster sort of game anymore. You know, we're not, we may, he may not have a, you know, 200 something yard game, but can he still be a guy that produces solid enough numbers and maybe not be a wide receiver one, but still is a wide receiver two? Sure. Sure. He can be. On the bright side, with this division, the Cowboys might still make the playoffs. I have no comment on the matter. <laughs> yes. So, C.D. Lamb. Six. Michael Gallup. Five. Dalton Schultz. Five. All right. So, uh, for Washington, nothing crazy here as far as the injury report is concerned. The only players really – Worrying about here are the uh, starting running back and the starting wide receiver for the Washington football team. Because Kyle Allen, I mean, I don't think he's really worth a start at this point. I think Although, in deep, I think in deep leagues, I think he's worth a start. I, I mean, do. anybody going up against the Cowboys, their defense is just yeah. Again, what yeah. do we talk about? Two fifty and two touchdowns. If you can see it, 
He's a six. I can see it from Kyle Allen. So he's a six in deep yep. leagues. Antonio Gibson. Uh, seven. Terry seven. McLaurin. Seven. All right. I mean, at this point, it's just like, tight, I mean, tight ends. Jamie McKissick is also a very, very good start. Okay. Very good start. I would say, I would say he's like, he's like, a, he's got to be a six or a seven in PPR leagues. Yeah. Yeah. As a handcuff or as a, as just another guy. I think you Antonio could flex Gibson? him this week. I really? think you could flex McKissick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's very interesting. I think, I mean, listen, if the, if it's going to be, it, it's a committee in Washington. So anything is really possible for, for this running back group. True. So next game is Detroit and Atlanta. And uh, yeah. So as far as the injury report for Detroit, the, for one Detroit's wide receivers are injured for once. It's not Kenny Galladay. Thank God. It's so Marvin Jones took part in Thursday's practice in a limited fashion. And Danny Amendola was also limited in Thursday's practice. So, I mean, if they're both out or they're both on a quote-unquote pitch count in this game, I mean, that means even more for Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson, definitely. And, I mean, for this game, you got to like the Detroit Lions, like as far as their offensive players in fantasy because the Falcons' defense is about as bad as the Cowboys' defense. Yeah, you cannot sit any any player that is of name value when they are going up against the Falcons. You cannot do it. Stafford, he is going to have a big, big, big game. I think 300 yards and two touchdowns is probably his floor. So he has got to be a eight and eight yeah. in this matchup. Adrian Peterson. He's a mid-range, mid-range flex. It's like a five. What's going on with Carry On Johnson? Where uh, has he been? My son has been on vacation. He is in Cabo San Lucas. And he will return at an unknown time. Well, rather there than Detroit, I guess. I agree. Yeah. DeAndre Swift. Seven. You think he's going to build up on that breakout performance that he had? Last week. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's an RB2 or anything, but I think he's a high-end flex. Yeah. All right. Kenny Galladay. Uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay is going to go off. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be... I'm trying to f- figure out a way to not just give him a 10, but it's really hard. Just do it. I'll give him a 9. A do 9. It. Do a it. Nine. Give into your hatred. Do it. Jesus. <laughs> All right there, uh, Chancellor Palpatine. Ten. It's Emperor Palpatine to you. Oh, excuse me. Apologize. What's TJ Hawkinson for you on the starter meter? I think he's going to score a third straight game. Start him. I would say he is a seven. All right. Now for the Falcons. For the Atlanta Falcons... Uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are once again on the injury report. I think this is more of a maintenance thing. I feel like 
Uh, Julio Jones with a hamstring injury was limited at Thursday's practice, and the Falcons listed Calvin Ridley as limited as well with the elbow injury. Um, I mean, if they played last week, then it looks like they'll be playing again this week. So I guess there really isn't much to worry about on that front. Nope. No, I'm not concerned. So Matt Ryan. Apparently Matt Ryan needs Julio Jones to be a stud, and I expect that to continue. Matt Ryan is a very, very solid eight in this matchup start. Todd Gurley. He's like the resurrection, apparently. Um, Gurley is, I would say, he's he's an eight. He's an eight. Do you get a secret double knee replacement over the offseason? Apparently. I I don't know. Or in the middle of the season, it's more like it. Yeah. Brian Hill. Uh, Two. Yeah. Julio Jones. Going up against Jeff Okuda. This is a matchup that is just going to be a nightmare for Okuda. (laughs) He's going to learn a lot. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, son. Here is your... uh, Here's your test. Julio Jones. Here's Julio Jones. 10, 10, 10, Julio. Can you imagine? He's like, oh, wow. I can't wait to go into this, into the NFC North. That sounds great. He has to go up against Adam Thielen, uh, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. Yeah. (laughs) Two times each, twice each. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley. I don't know how you can say he's anything less than a 10. 10? Yeah. Russell Gage. Mm, four. Is he like an early season wonder, you think? I just don't think he's really worth anything unless he scores. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're in a deep league and you're going to flex him, you're basically hoping for a touchdown. Yes. But you're right. You're absolutely right. And then at tight end, we have Hayden Hurst. Five. Okay. And so for the defenses, actually, we'll say, you know, the defenses we talked about, Jake and I talked about the defenses on on a Tuesday show. So yes. You can definitely listen to that so you can see what's going on with, with the defenses. So Carolina at New Orleans going to the Superdome. Uh, one injury of note for Carolina is Mike Davis, who's on uh, on the injury report here. And I thought he was taken off the injury report. Oh, I guess he was taken off the injury report. I don't know why ESPN is being weird. Yeah, no, he's off. Yeah, I was he, gonna say. I was gonna say. I thought he was. He, he was in and out of the game on Sunday, but then Wednesday he practiced in full. So he's good to go. Yeah, it's it's that's funny because I saw it's I saw him and then I guess they took him off. So there you go. He is off the injury report. He's playing. They're the only player for Carolina other than Mike Davis, who had a bit of an injury, was uh, Curtis Samuel, who practiced in a limited capacity on Thursday. So there you go. But I mean, Curtis Samuel at this point is the third receiver in the Panthers' offense. So I don't think he's really worthy worth like checking out. At this point, but uh, somebody that is worth checking out is Teddy Bridgewater because he's really making a name for himself in uh, in this season. I mean, even more so than when he was with uh, Minnesota earlier in his career. Yeah, I would say 
Teddy Bridgewater is like a top 20 start. I wouldn't say that he's someone that I'm rushing to put into my lineups. But, yeah, he's like a five. It's like mm-hmm. a five. And then Mike Davis. Um, I think you have to play him. Um, I think this is a bounce back sort of week for Mike Davis, but he probably only has one more week or so until potentially Christian McCaffrey is back or you're not seeing McCaffrey until week 10 where, you know, you have Panthers on Thursday night next week. Then they're off week nine and then week 10. Yep. When McCaffrey comes back. So uh, Mike Davis, you continue to fire him up. Uh, He's like, he's a seven for this matchup. All right. And then, um, anybody else, any other Panthers running backs, Reggie Bonifon? Nope. No, nope. Nope. And then Mr. Anderson, Robbie Anderson, seven, seven DJ Moore. Uh, he's a good start. I would say, uh, I would say he's a seven as well. I would just be a bit more. I like Robbie Anderson more in this matchup though, than DJ Moore. Cause I think DJ Moore is going to get the, uh, Marshawn Lattimore experience. Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, God, that's one of our favorite run- one of probably one of my favorite running gags is the the experience. The experience. Uh, yeah, I feel like I say that every episode, but yes, it, you do. It, yeah, it's still good. has hasn't grown old yet. And then at tight end, uh, Ian Thomas for the Panthers. I mean, one uh, not crazy about him either. The Saints. Oh boy, these New Orleans Saints have a. A, one of their bigger names is on the injury report. And I wonder who I think you can probably guess who it is. That same rat again. Yes. This man. There's that man again on the injury report. Michael Thomas did not practice on Thursday with an ankle slash hamstring injury slash hates all of his teammates. Is that an injury designation? That is an injury designation. Yes. Hates yeah. everybody. So if he doesn't practice on Friday, then he is not going yet again. Yep. So be mindful. But, you know, Alvin Kamara right now is the Saints' leading receiver, so I guess they don't really miss him too much. And the Saints are three and two. So, yeah. Uh, Drew Brees at home. If Michael Thomas plays eight. If Michael Thomas does not play five. Alvin Kamara. 10. Latavius Murray. Six. Michael Thomas, if he plays. 10. Um, Traquan Smith. Michael Thomas plays two. Michael Thomas does not play five. Emmanuel Sanders. Michael Thomas plays four. Michael Thomas does not play seven. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, with how well Emmanuel Sanders did in the Charger game, I feel like he would be like an eight, honestly, without Michael Thomas. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Jared Cook at tight end. Four. Pants okay. on the tight end pretty well. Okie dokie. So the last game of the one o'clock hour is a game that should have been on Sunday night, and I will go to my grave. 
thinking thinking such because the Steelers and the Titans, they just buried this game in one o'clock with all the other shitty games when this game should be in prime time. You're preaching to the choir. I am preaching to the choir because I know you agree with me. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, listen, we don't really have much for, for them as far as injuries, so we can go straight into the starter meter. Big Ben, where is he? Uh, it's a strong play. Strong play. I think 250 and two again is a good yeah. line for him. So I will say he is a six. James Connor. Well, I mean, James Connor's been terrific, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. it's very hard to say that he's not at least an eight. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a really, really good start. The only thing that I would complain about with James Connor is I just am a little concerned at the lack of usage in the passing game in PPR leagues, but that's just me being very, very, very picky. Yeah, I mean, when you have three really good receivers like Big Ben has, I mean, I guess you don't really look at the running the running game. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of those receivers, I mean, just yeah. Speaking of those receivers, Che. I, Jake and I were talking about this. Is Chase Claypool just the number one now? Because Juju just did not. No. Yeah. No. I don't think Chase Claypool is number one. I think he's more of like a 1A, 1B, 1C. But he's getting close to that. So what is he as far as your starter meter is concerned? I mean, you're not setting him. So I would say he's a seven. It's true. You're not setting him. You're definitely not setting him. No, no. And then the aforementioned Juju Smith-Schuster. I would say if Deontay Johnson plays, he's like a four. If Deontay Johnson does not play, I would say a five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is, this has got to be, well, this is probably the worst kind of get right game for Juju that he could have asked for going up against one of the better defenses in in the NFL. So, yeah. I mean, this game has potential to be like 13 to 10 or something like that. Yes, I agree. Because these two, both of these defenses are amazing. And then, um, so where, if Deontay Johnson plays, where is he on your starter meter? Uh, Five. Okay. Five. And then Eric Ebron at tight end. Three. All right. And for the Titans, their injury report, your boy Corey Davis is off the uh, the reserve list. Oh, thank goodness. Mazel tov. My son. And uh, A.J. Brown got one of those maintenance days for his knee, the bone bruise on his knee. So he did not practice on Thursday, but it looks like he'll be He'll be good to go. This is one of those things, precautionary. You don't want to do anything to aggravate that that bone bruise. No, no, you do not. After what after what AJ Brown did last week, what more do you need to practice? It's just like Mike Fribble's just like, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You don't need to change anything. Uh so Ryan Tannehill. Um, Mr. Tannehill. I would I would say you keep riding him as long as you can. Steelers defense is tough. We all know that. 
but I think he's a, he can get you 15 fantasy points in this matchup. So I would say he's like a six. Honestly, I think that the Titans are going to lean a lot more heavily on the running game. And Derrick Henry's going to be getting a lot, like a lot of carries in this game. You know, I think I think it's a very fair and realistic expectation. I would just be very cautious with this with the Steelers' run defense. It is very very good, mm-hmm. um, but it's not you, you know it's not anything where you're sitting Derrick Henry. So Derrick Derrick Henry's like I would just downgrade him on the startle meter. Honestly, I would say he's like a seven. I mean, there's literally no situation where you'd be sitting Derrick Henry. No, no, of course not. Yeah. I mean, this is a good example of it. Like, this is the best run defense in the league, and you're not sitting Derrick Henry. So, Correct. Correct. There you go. And then AJ Brown. Um, I would say AJ Brown is like a six, but he's not—he's not a guy that you bench. I would just lower the expectations for AJ Brown. Well, especially with Corey Davis coming back. Um, I think Adam Humphreys is, if he's not already back, I think he's coming back soon also. Yeah, I think he could be a solid producer for this for this matchup, especially if John is out. Um, I think Adam Humphreys could be a really solid contributor. I would still say he's like a four for this matchup, but I think at deep leagues, if you need, if you need somebody and you're in a bind, I think Adam Humphreys could be a solid start. Yeah, and then Corey Davis, your favorite, your favorite player. 900 million. That's, that's what I thought. So what is the deal with John Smith? Is he is he looking towards he's going to be playing or what? Uh, well, he left the game last week with that ankle injury, um, yeah. and right now he is being listed as questionable. Um, so it really just has come down to looking at the injury report, looking at whether he's practiced or not. I do not believe he has practiced. I can just double check that very quickly just to see if he has practiced. So John o. Smith. Oh, John. Okay. So. We do have a, yeah, okay. So John Smith is in. All right. John Smith is in. He practiced uh, in full on Thursday. We have breaking news. Guess who just got appendix surgery and won't play on Sunday against the Bengals? Austin Hooper. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's David and Joku season. Yes. And Harrison Bryant. And Harrison Bryant. Yes. He's slated to undergo appendix surgery on Friday, today. God and bless. He will not play on Sunday against the Bengals. Yeah. Godspeed, King. Yeah. I only know like a couple people that have had to have their appendix removed. So I'm sure it's not a good feeling to uh, be at risk for that. I'm sure. I'm sure it is not a, uh, a good feeling at all. Yeah. Anyway, so if Jonathan Smith doesn't play, I mean, then it's Christian Ferkser. Christian Ferkser had a really good game against Houston. But I don't think it's going to be the same sort of deal. Yeah, no, I, I if Jonathan Smith is playing, Jonathan Smith is like a six. Please excuse Anthony, me, I have to pick up a new tight end. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Ferkser is just, he's not in the, he's not, even starting if John Smith is starting, which is looking like is going to be the case. That John is very much in. All right. So next game is the Buccaneers going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at 405. 
And as far as the injury report is concerned for Tampa Bay, basically it's like every skill position except for Tom Brady and Ronald Jones are on the injury report for Tampa Bay. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Scotty Miller limited on Thursday's practice. Chris Goblin with a hamstring limited to Thursday's practice. Mike Evans with the ankle limited to Thursday's practice. Gronk with a shoulder limited to Thursday's practice. I mean, I mean, at least it seems like Leonard Fournette is going to be is in for a more pronounced role, but I don't feel like that's irrelevant at this point because it seems like it's going to be more Ronald Jones. I would agree with you honestly yeah that it looks like it's going to be more of ronald jones and he and should forget be, about he LeSean should McCoy. be the guy yeah i think ronald jones is just, he's, he's a must start guy going forward and uh tom brady like a six on the starter meter ronald jones is a 10 yeah ronald jones is a 10 you have got to start him yeah no definitely 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 um and then is Leonard Fournette even worth starting at this point? No. No. No, 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 no. Talk about mental sentences. That is a mental sentence. Leonard Fournette is not worth a start in fantasy football. No. He is not worth the start. Unbelievable. Um, And then, so I guess this is all like kind of conditional. Because it's like if Mike Evans plays, if Chris Goblin plays, if Scotty Miller plays, and it's all conditional based on each other. Because obviously one is upgraded if another one doesn't play, and it depends on which one it is. Well, I think they're all solid starts, with the exception of Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, I just don't – he's like a two regardless. Goblin and Evans are like eight, eights apiece, and then if one plays and the other doesn't, he'll probably move up to like a nine. What is Gronk on your – Starter meter. Like a five. If he plays, of course, he's like on the f- injury report with a shoulder injury. Like a five. Is Gronk, is this the kind of situation where it's a maintenance thing because Gronk is old? It could be. As callous as that sounds? Yeah, could be. Or it's just, yeah. So, so uh, what should I pay for Gronk? Like a hundred, like a hundred million? hundred billion at one. <laughs> See, I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of thing that made Liverpool hate Arsenal because they bid like forty million and one pound for Luis Suarez. It's the best bid ever. <laughs> forty million, forty million one, which led then led Liverpool to sign Roberto Firmino and insert a seventy million. Was it pound or was it euro? Seventy million pounds uh, release clause in his contract that is eligible for anybody except Arsenal. <laughs> Awesome. That's how you know. I think it where they were like, are you on drugs <laughs> to Arsene Wenger? No, John Henry posted on Twitter. What are they smoking over there at the Emirates? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. Well, so, what are they smoking? What are they smoking over there at Anfield that decide they want to go for Project Big Picture? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I mean, our club is both backed it, so I, I don't know if I can really say anything. No, we didn't back it. No, well, we... We didn't say no. At the no, we start. did say no. We, Arsenal did. Well, yeah, no. Well, everybody said no. It was unanimous. Yeah, Arsenal said no. We were we were never in on it. I don't think we were in on it. Probably, because your club is no morals. Okie dokie. 
So for the Raiders, Derek Carr. I think it's a solid, solid start in this game. Um, I would say he's like a six. All right. Six. Josh Jacobs. Eight. Henry Ruggs the third. Five. Flex play at worst. Hunter Henry. I mean, Hunter Renfro. That's who it was. Uh, one. Yes. Hunter Renfro was a one. one. Uh, Darren Waller. Seven. Okay. Next game. The Garoppolo Bowl. Let's call it that. I'm going to call sure. it that. Sure. Oh. Uh, yeah, the Garoppolo Bowl. Uh, Raheem Mostert's out again on IR. Again, who would have thought? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. On your starter meter. Four. Jet McKinnon. Five. Five. Jeff Wilson Jr., if he plays. Two. Oh, who was it? Jermichael Hasty. That's who it was. How'd you know? Well, it's he's the third string, fourth string running back for the because Jake mentioned him in the waiver show. I yeah, was like Jermichael Hasty. Yeah. Is he, uh, yeah. Five. Five. All right. Debo Samuel. Five. Brendan Ayuk. Three. George Kittle. Ten. All righty. That makes sense. Cameron J. Newton for New England. Six. I think he runs one in and throws for one. Uh, James White. Six. Rex Burkhead. Four. Damian Harris. Four. Julian Edelman. Oof. Four. Nikhil Harry. Four. And then uh, anybody else? Demir Bird, one. Yeah. Brian Izzo, one. There you go. Matt Lacoste, opt out. Opt Zero. out. Negative two million. Here's another easy game. Uh, Kansas City and Denver. Hey, Bird, I have a question. Are you starting all of your Chiefs? Yep. There we go. I think Le'Veon Bell is a very, very, very good flex. I think he scores in this matchup. You're right, though. Yeah, especially, yeah. I mean, this is one of those games, I think, yeah, no, Le'Veon Bell's going to have a good game. I think he he scores. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be getting all the looks at the goal line. And let the Clyde Edwards-Alaire panic begin. If Le'Veon Bell scores and Clyde doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's all it's all overreaction anyway. Uh so for Denver, since that since that's all done, for Denver, uh Drew Locke. Four. Melvin Gordon is off the injury report. He's gone over gotten over his strep throat. Air quotes, strep throat. Air, strep throat. Um I think it's yeah, seven. He's, yeah. Seven. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Three. Tim Patrick. Six. Cortland Sutton. Dead. Oh, that's right. Not Cortland Sutton. Um, Jerry Judy. Six. Dead. Uh, KJ Hamler, if he plays. Four. And then uh, 
Is Noah Fant playing? Yep, he's active. All righty. Off the injury report, he's going to play. So I would say Noah Fant is a seven. All righty. Works for me. If not, it would be Jake Butt. But, but, it's going to be Noah Fant. But it will be Noah Fant. All right. Uh, uh, why is this game at four o'clock? This game should not be at four o'clock. Jacksonville and Los Angeles. The good news is that there's other games to mask this one. Yes. This game should be 405. And then uh, Tampa Bay and Las Vegas should be at 425. But, you know, I'm not the schedule maker. So you are, you are not. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Gardner Minshew. Five. James Robinson. Eight. Um, Chris Thompson. Two. So DJ Chark, if he plays. Five. We kind of talked about this earlier. He's probably getting the Casey Hayward experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. He, no. No, no, no. No. LaVisca Chanel. Four, but keep him on your rosters because he's a very solid bench option for the next couple of weeks. And then a player that's kind of come out of the woodwork is Keelan Cole. One. I think that game was the biggest fluke that we've maybe seen so far this year, maybe with the exception of Robert Tunyon. I can guarantee you that will not happen again. One. All righty. If that happens again, I will come on this podcast on Monday and eat the biggest amount of crow that anybody has ever consumed in their life. Okay. Well, there you go. Okie dokie. So for the charges, Los Angeles, Justin Herbert. Eight. Um, Justin Jackson. Who is on the injury report. He is on the injury report. I think he's a really good start if he plays. I think whomever the starter is going to be for the the Chargers is a really, really good play. Yep, whether it be him or uh, Josh Kelly. Uh, Another player that's on on the injury report is Keenan Allen for the uh, Chargers. So, Yeah, if he's over the back issue and he's going to play, he's a nine. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And you got to like Mac Williams in this game also. Because it seems like Justin Herbert loves Mike Williams. Yep, I agree. I agree. He's a seven. And then future Hall of Fame tight end, Hunter Henry. There you go. Good man. Uh, Hunter Henry is a very solid play this week. I had to give him a six. Well, it's my opinion. So It's a great it, opinion. It is. Great opinion. The best Friend opinion the that has ever been coined. Friend of the podcast. All right. With that being said, we will talk about Sunday night football between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, Russell Wilson. Ten. You're not benching Russell Wilson. Ten. Come on. You don't need us to tell you that. You're not benching Russell Wilson. Ten. Chris Carson. Eight. Carlos Hyde, if he plays. One. DK Metcalf. Ten. You're not benching DK Metcalf. Never. Tyler Lockett. Ten. You're not benching Tyler Lockett. Never. Greg Olson. 10. You're not benching Greg Olson. <laughs> Three. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it really for them. Uh, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. 10. You're not benching Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna say this every time. All right. Uh Kenny and Drake, 
Six. Chase Edmonds. Four. Very risky, though. DeAndre Hopkins. Ten. You're not benching DeAndre Hopkins. You there don't you need us to tell you that. There you go. You're getting it. You're getting it. Christian Kirk. Four. Come on, Bird. You're not benching Christian Kirk. I am benching Christian Kirk. He caught two touchdowns. I want to see it. All right. And I know then, but not many people will bench Christian Kirk, but I am. I don't want him in my in my lineups. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, quit. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be getting the uh, the Shaquille Griffin experience for. for the you mean you mean Shaquille Griffin is going to be getting the DeAndre Hopkins experience? Either or, is it Shaquille or Shaquille? Isn't Shaquille the linebacker? Oh, what did I say? Shaquille. Oh shit, Shaquille Griffin. Yes, Shaquille yeah. Griffin will be getting the DeAndre Hopkins experience. Yes. Yeah. And I'll do quit- the tapes on that one. I thought I thought I thought I said Shaquille. My apologies. That's okay. Uh, and then Quinn Dunbar might not be playing, so I think that it might be a good game in line for Christian Kirk if that is the case. And Jamal Adams is also questionable. So. I don't think I don't think Christian Kirk has a good game. All right. And then the tight ends you're not really worrying about. No, I may come. I may come and eat crow on Monday if Christian Kirk goes off. Also, if Keelan Cole goes off. So. Yeah, Christian Kirk and Keelan Cole. Those are the two, those are the two that uh, I will be now watch. Keelan Cole puts up seven catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Christian Kirk has six catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. And I come on I come on the show on Monday, and it's just going to be a terrible time. Yeah, and uh, so like I said before, listen to the show that I did with Jake on Tuesday to find out about how the defenses stack up going into uh, going into this week. And really, that's the waiver show is where you're going to be hearing all about defenses and streaming defenses because that is the time that you got to think about what you're doing with defenses. Because if you're thinking, if you save it until today, Friday, to worry about defenses, all the good ones are going to be gone. Correct. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon. The name is just the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Fantasy Show, and the Quizfitational. And then eventually our new show that will be added to the Basement Talk Podcast Network. Very excited to hear about more information regarding that. So, yeah. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we will talk to you on Monday on the Basement Talk Podcast. Bye-bye. Mercury.